Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Fanboy Comics Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Clay, and today, today, of course, like any other day, I am tired. But not just because, like, I, I stood up, you know, I stayed up late, or I slept in or anything. I, well, technically, you say, you can say I slept in, but not really. I, you know those days where you, like, you wake up, you get, you know, you get ready for the day, and you're like, hmm, I have some time to just, like, sit down and wait a little bit, you know, just kind of contemplate on life and just, just, you know, just sit in the moment. Well, I, you know, I, I got ready for the day. I sat down in bed and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch an episode of Batman, the animated series. And nope. (laughs) I think like five minutes in, I was out like a light. So, you know, I, I am tired and like, like the kind of like grogginess, not like super tired, but just like, you know, that just that like when you wake up, your eyes are heavy, you're kind of slow. I'm, I'm, I'm more like that. And I, I just hate that feeling just because like I was there. I was awake. I was ready to do things and I just didn't do it. But uh, today is Friday, of course. So we are doing the ultimate Fridays, which means we are going into the alternate worlds of Marvel and DC Yes, being the Ultimate Universe in Marvel and the Injustice Universe in DC. Now, uh, on our list of things to do for the Ultimate Universe, we're going back to the Ultimate X-Men, as you heard in the intro. Uh, We are dealing with uh, issues 15 through 20. And then in uh, Injustice, we're going to be dealing with issues 10 through 16. I believe, or 15. I believe it's 15, not 16. So 10 through 15, really, really fun books. I will say, X-Men did drag, and I will talk about it a little bit once we get there. Uh, but I always wanted to do this just because I know uh, not everybody can make it to the very end of the of the episode, which I totally understand. I'm, I have a little bit of a boring voice. But um, if you want to get in contact with me, you can find me at uh, FanboyClay on Twitter on, and on Instagram. Uh, you can email the show at fanboycomicspodcast at gmail.com. If you're familiar with the Anchor app, you can send me a voicemail. I can put it here on the show. We can have a small little conversation if you'd like. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into the Ultimate X-Men number 15. All right. So, you know, with we, we jump right in after the whole... Uh, you know the 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 freaking whatchamacallits, uh, the 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 breaking or not the breaking, but the dis the, the dismemberment of the shield initiative or X Force, uh, or Weapon X or whatever it was, uh, in this rendition, uh, that's all over, and you know the our heroes are back at the mansion, you know, living life as they do, and. This one is kind of very cool because uh, Professor X was said to was asked to write an article for a magazine, and so he wrote an article about the students at the X Mansion, uh, explaining how human they are and that they are extraordinary, and you know the reasons why each of them are the way that they are in some sort of capacity. And, you know, we see at the very end, uh, well, kind of in the middle, uh, we see that 
Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are actually like they're still continuing on with like the way that Magneto would do things, but at the same time, they're doing it for the reasonings of like what Professor X wants. So they're in that gray area, and Professor X is like, "Hey, you know, instead of doing this, why don't you do this?" And we see that later on, like in 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 the next few issues, that they are. Uh, getting better and we heard in the last issue uh, I believe it was issue 14 that Professor X had told Gene that Magneto was still alive and that he was just like mentally blocking his memories and she's like that's not a joke like like don't joke around like that well we see in fact that it's not a joke uh, Professor X takes Colossus to a park in New York, and they're just talking, and then Professor X like, hey, uh, look over there, look at that guy, but really look at him, be, be, like, specifically look at his eyes, and Colossus freaks out, he's like, are you freaking kidding me, like, what in the world are you doing, like, this guy can easily just remember, and then just kill us all, like, what is your problem, and... You know, uh, there comes a moment where, because right now, Eric Magneto, he is uh, a, a teacher for those, uh, for special needs children. And he's playing Frisbee with them. Frisbee kind of goes out of towards, like, Professor X and Colossus. Magneto goes to get it. And he's like, hey, by the way, can you guys uh, tell me the time? My watch just keeps on breaking for some reason. Like, it, it's almost like... He says here, uh, pardon me, but you guys have the time. I just broke my uh, second watch this week. The hand spun like a compass and just stopped dead at magnetic north. Isn't that the strangest thing? And, uh, you know, he uh, he looks at Professor X and he's like, uh, do I know you? You look, va- you look vaguely familiar. And you see... That Charles is giving him like a te- uh, telepathic like suggestion of like no you don't you don't remember me, and he's like oh well whatever and he walks away. And at the end of this first issue, uh, basically the magazine uh, denies the article because it's too pro mutant, like it's 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 not like I guess non-bias in a way so it's very odd just because in that sense like they told him to write this article about mutants and they wanted him to be non-bias it's it's a very odd and very unfair and and bobby kind of says that at the very end and professor professor x is just like you know what it, it's fine let's just go let's go help people and the next Let's see here, uh, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. I'll go ahead and kind of jumble this up a little bit just because it's it's a story, but, like, the bigger parts are just, like, randomly sh- shut into these issues. This, uh, this arc is really about uh, Charles Xavier's son, and uh, 
I believe his name is just like in here. Well, like this, this first issue kind of shows like that there's something going on uh, with like a mutant and that he's like bouncing back and forth from person to person mentally. Like his self-conscious is bouncing from people to people. We learn that that is Charles Xavier's son. But uh, in chapter, in, in issue 16, sorry, I keep saying chapters, um, the X-Men are divided into groups, and they are going on individual missions to do this, that, and the other. And then they all meet up, and they're like, okay, professor, like, this was our final exam, like, who did the best? And, you know, they show the newspapers, and they show... Like, each one did something individual, like, something successful for, like, society or whatever. And then, uh, Cyclops and Beast were like, oh, well, we didn't, you know, make the papers, but we did stop these drug guys and we sent them to rehab. And Professor Xavier's like, oh, they win. And they're like, what the heck? Like, they, they, they beat up people and they, and they get to, you know have the glory of this one, like, we, we made the paper, we didn't, like, we're having society on our side, blah, 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 and he's like, it's not about that, it's about doing the right thing, so we learned a little bit more about the morals that Charles is trying to set upon the X-Men, and I do like, you know, the subtle hints that, like, there is a actual continuity in the Ultimate Universe, because at one point, Bobby gets a phone call from his parents, and his dad is reading a newspaper that says Captain America alive question mark and we had just read that we had just read that um, last week so I do like that uh, uh, this list this reading list that Tony gave us to read on this podcast is legitimate like an actual timeline uh, where you will get the subtle hints uh, because it does mention the ultimates a lot uh, because at this point the ultimates have made their you know uh, their selves known to the public, which I think is really, really cool. And, uh, they're going on this book tour because Charles Xavier, uh, has written this book and they're going, they're overseas. So they're not in a, they're not in America that they're, they're not in New York. They are, uh, overseas in Paris and like all these other things. And at the end, Charles does get a phone call from who we learn is his ex-wife and she was the one that was responsible for their son, and he has gone missing. Not only that, he has escaped. Uh, so we do learn that he was captive because of the strength of his uh, mutant abilities, and they were trying to cure him. He cannot sustain inside of one somebody else's body without like deteriorating the body. And, like, that's how we know, like, where he is because of, like, the stench of, like, flesh and, like, you can clearly see that this person is dying. And, you know, the X-Men catch up to him. They have a little fight. He goes into Wolverine and jumps into, like, the highway and has a truck, like, basically crash. Uh, during this time, we have Gene and uh, Scott. They actually are on the lookout for Colossus because he is now missing. 
and they don't know why. Uh, they do eventually find him, they talk to him, and they find out that the reason why he is missing, or why he was gone, was that he's done being an X-Men. He is not okay with the morality of Charles because of, you know, this whole thing with Magneto. You know, he, he let him live when that monster of a person, like, almost killed the president. Like, he almost, like, he he is a wrong human being. And Colossus just has this ideal of, like, if we need to do what needs to be done, it needs to be done. And we can't have Charles, you know, stopping us from doing it. And if he is going to stop us from doing it, then I'm not going to be a part of this team. And that's his big thing. Uh, we do learn that while, uh, uh, I believe his name is David, while David was, uh, in the mind of Wolverine, or in the body of Wolverine, Wolverine was able to kind of, like, understand him a little bit, and he, he tells Professor, he's like, he wants to kill you, and he's not gonna stop until that is done. Uh, we do see in the next few issues that uh, that Cyclops and and Jean are still trying to convince Colossus to come back, while everybody on the other side of the team, with Charles and his ex-wife, are attempting to find their son. And we do get a little bit of a backstory on Charles, how he wasn't the greatest father. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, uh, but yeah, you know, and, and the one person that is helping them out in their investigation is this woman, uh, I think her name is, uh, what is her name? Bianca? Is it something like that? Um, uh, crap. Uh, I think that's her name. Um, I'm trying to find it, and I do not see it whatsoever. Uh, Braddock is her last name, at least. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, hilarious in the sense that, like, I, I, I remembered a B somewhere, and it's Braddock. But we, we learned that, you know, she is a very strong telepath, uh, in, in, uh, in Europe. And she is helping them find, you know, their son. And we do get this moment, like, there's, like, this this random report on the news and in the world uh, that there is a submarine that is stuck underwater. And Cyclops is like, Colossus, like, you, we all know that you don't need to breathe when you're in your full metal mode. Why don't you go save them? And he's like, I'm not going to waste my time saving people that just hate me and I get no reward for it. There's like, there's no, there's no reason for it. There's no reason to be a hero. And, you know, Gene and, and, and Scott leave and Colossus is watching the news uh, because one of the biggest things was Colossus was like, oh, Iron Man has made a suit to go out into space and be on the moon and do all these other things. He can do it. Well, for some reason... Iron Man is, you know, preoccupied at the moment, and, you know, we see for a split second Colossus, like, watching the news and learning about this, 
and the very next panels we see that Colossus is out on a ship and he's ready to take the dive and he goes in and he does end up saving the entire submarine not just the people in the submarine no he he picks up the submarine and he takes it onto shore uh everybody is just like cheering for him and you know there's a reporter that's like hey Colossus how does it feel to you know you know be a hero and he's like you know what it, it feels awesome it feels fabulous but uh we see Miss Braddock and uh, Xavier talking at a park bench, and Charles is like, "Oh, by the way, I know that you're." Uh, what did you say? He says, uh, uh, "Oh yes, and you, I suppose, since it gives you a chance to extract this revenge you've been planning." Uh, it says that is that you have been waiting for me, isn't it, David? And that's when Miss Braddock's eyes turn green. She's like, "How did you know?" And she's like, "Oh, when you were when we were eating dinner." And the really big thing that I noticed during while they were eating dinner, while Charles is like giving me explanation of how he was not the greatest father, I noticed that like he was eating something really fancy, and she was eating finger food, and I was like, "That's odd." Like, it just looked, it visually looked weird. And I was like, you know what? That's almost like a child eating finger food. So I I immediately kind of, like, saw that. I didn't think that it was David, but I, I noticed it. And I think that was the whole reason behind it. Uh, which is very clever, in my mind. Uh, but in issues 18 through 20 uh, is going to be that... Uh, that big fight between uh, uh, the um, freaking uh, oh, well, 19 and 20, sorry, not 18 through 19, uh, not 18 through 20, but 19 and 20 is the giant fight between David and the X-Men. They do eventually uh, all come together. Uh, David actually manipulates uh, her body uh, uh, Braddock's body to change into what he looks like now and it is nothing like the main continuity David like the main continuity David of course has like the uh, the huge hair well he doesn't have the huge hair he has a huge head and like he looks like a punk there's like nails coming out of his head his, his ears are pierced from top to bottom uh his nose is pierced it looks disc he looks weird he looks absolutely weird and you know they they just have this all-out huge fight and you know there comes a moment where he takes charles and he is teleporting like all around the world just like killing people and having him watch it and eventually uh uh uh, uh I want to know Betty, Bet, uh, Betsy, not, not, uh, I don't know what I was thinking, uh, but Betsy Braddock is her name. Uh, she eventually starts to get control over her body and she's like, you know what? No, I, I can't let you do this. I'm going to subdue you as much as we can. And eventually what ends up happening is Colossus grabs a van and smashes it onto David slash Betsy 
and kills them. And it comes to a point at the end uh, where they're having a funeral for uh, David. And, you know, Charles says, you know, oh, you know, there's going to be a funeral service for uh, Betsy as well. I don't know if I can make it. I'm such a horrible human being. You know, I think I'm going to I'm going to quit the X-Men. And we're, we're, he says, uh, this stupid dream of mine is over. As soon as we get back to New York, I'm disbanding the X-Men for good. And issue 20, I like a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. And the reason why is it starts off with, uh, you know, we see Charles Xavier kind of going about his day. Like, from start to finish, when he wakes up to when he's getting ready. Um, but he leaves a letter for Cyclops. And he is, you know, the narration starts with what the letter is saying. But it's basically telling him, like, hey, I'm leaving. And uh, I hope that, you know, you guys do well. Uh, this whole idea of the X-Men was a sham. Uh, you know, go about your lives, basically. And we see Charles go to Eric in the park. And he's like, hey, you know, I've noticed that you come to this park a whole lot. And, and Charles is like, oh, well, you know, sometimes I just like to... I like to have a peace of mind, and, and I feel like the park is the best way to do that. And so they get to talking, and Eric, of course, has these memories suppressed, but he's still very interested in the idea of mutants and how they are, you know, the next evolution in humans. And, you know, it ends up giving a lot of hope to Charles, and I think that is awesome. Just because it shows, like, the almost soulmate best friend slash just like, cause cause before you know when when you when you learn about their relationship before they became enemies, they were best friends. They would talk for hours on end about mutants, about you know what their role is in society, and like all these different things, and. I feel like Charles feels that again. And there's this beautiful uh, splash page with, like, the entire page is kind of like a very light brown slash orange. And it just has uh, Eric kind of embracing Charles in a hug uh, with Charles. Like, his hands are deep in his face and everything. Uh, it looks beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, just for the moment. And, you know, we... Uh, we see that Scott and Jean are starting a romantic relationship. And at the very end, we see Charles at his desk uh, giving a telepathic message to everybody saying classes will start first thing in the morning. Uh, so we see that Charles is not going to give up on his dream and is not going to give up on these children. I really liked it. I really did. I will say it did drag a little bit. But... I did like it. I really did like it. I like the character development for Colossus. I like the uh, character development for Charles himself, you know, for somebody who thinks he is high and mighty and then is knocked down a notch with the, you know, craziness of his son and then brought back up by somebody who would have been called his enemy at one point. 
I I genuinely love uh, the way this story is going. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into the DC books for today. That being Injustice number ten through fifteen. All right. So in uh, well in in issue nine, we end we ended with this whole thing that there was something inside of the Spectre that wasn't Jim Corrigan. Um, and so we start right there. We start right there with Dead Man confronting the Spectre and saying, you know, who are you? What are you? Tell me, tell me. And of course, nobody else can see this except for the Spectre. And so Superman's like, who is that? And Spectre's like, oh, just just a dead man, just a ghost. Let me deal with it. And he gets this like really cool looking sword out of nowhere, out of his cloak. And he slashes dead man. And so he is dying. Uh, we see uh, Constantine and Batman still argue uh, and learning that a lot of these things that uh, Xanadu was saying is coming to fruition. And so Constantine's like, crap, we have to go talk to Swamp Thing. They go to talk to Swamp Thing and uh, Swamp Thing is basically like, you know, Superman is dealing with you know the one thing that was always destroying the green and so uh constant's like oh crap you've already joined their side haven't you and he's like i will not fight you if you don't fight me and they're like okay and so they walk away and they walk away because uh Swamp Thing was a little, gonna be a little bit threatening, you know, kind of throwing his vines out in front of them, and they're like, okay, okay, we're leaving, we're leaving, and that's when Constantine's like, crap, we're gonna have to kill Swamp Thing. But we see uh, Boston Brand, of course, uh, Dead Man, going to see uh, uh, Rama uh, Kashina, who is the uh, the, uh, she is a goddess who was a, who was able to give Bronson Brand the ability to be Dead Man in the first place, and Dead Man's like, "I'm dying, like I'm 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 fading, I'm dying. What do we do?" And she's like, "I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do, but uh, we can uh, bring upon another." And Boston's like, "Can I choose my successor?" And she's like, I know who your choice is, and it is a very good choice. And we see uh, this person is there. You know, we only see a glimmer of, like, his shoulder or his arm or whatever. And Deadman's like, hey, what's up, kid? Uh, thank you for coming. Uh, knowing that you'll be the next, it's the right choice. And the person is asking, are you in pain? He's like, no, no, no I wouldn't say that at all. Uh, uh, he says... Uh, you were the only choice, Dick Grayson, and it zooms out, and you see Dick Grayson, and I was so happy for this, seeing uh, Dick Grayson come back, uh, of course, after dying, uh, and this is a little bit of like a choked up moment for Deadman, he says, find Jim Corrigan, he's at the heart of this, oh, and tell Batman, tell your dad goodbye for me. And we see this new, like, I guess, what what's the, this new concept of what Deadman is now. Nightwing is Deadman. And so he's still in the Nightwing getup, but, like, 
where the chess piece is, where the bird usually is, uh, it is still that, like, Nightwing symbol, but in the center of it, it has a D for Dead Man, which I, I think it's really, really cool. I love the design. Uh, in issue 11, I don't know why it's not letting me, like, go into the next, the, the page prior, uh, but on issue 11, come on, load for me, please. All right. Um, we do see, uh, is this issue 11? It is issue 11. Okay. We do see, uh, uh, Detective Chimp is back on the board. He is awake. Uh, <laughs> uh, Constantine does make a joke. He's like, oh, I'm so glad to see you back, even if you are. A detective pirate chimp now because he has an eye patch where uh, they had uh, you know gotten his eye or whatever and uh, Dr. Vic comes out of nowhere scares the living crap out of Constantine he's like oh by the way there's gonna be a meeting and he's like well, well hey hey chill out there's a door you can knock or cough before you talk you know let us know that you're here before just yelling and uh, you know Constantine has this idea and he tells Batman, he's like, what would you do uh, to end all of this today? What would you sacrifice? And Batman says, only myself. And he's like, that's that's perfect. That'll do. And we see that meeting that is taking place is the Phantom Stranger and the Spectre. And the Phantom Stranger uh, takes Spectre all the way to Saturn. And they're walking on the rings of Saturn. And they're talking. And Phantom is like, you know, we are supposed to be neutral. We cannot take sides on these events. And Spectre's like, no, no, no. Like, Superman is being, like, he is bringing upon peace, which is what I am here for. And, you know, Phantom's like, you know what, if this is what how it's going to be, then that's going to be the end of it. And he's like, no, no, no it's going to be the end of you and he grabs that uh sword again stabs the uh i'm pretty sure yeah yeah he stabs the phantom stranger where is it no maybe i'm pretty sure i thought he stabbed him maybe i am wrong let me See, I could have sworn that was like the big thing in issue 12. Maybe issue 12? Yeah, so in, in issue, uh, so that he doesn't stab him. He actually like throws him into Saturn. They're fighting. But in issue 12, well, the big thing in, in issue 11 is that Etrigan comes out of nowhere. And starts to fight everybody. Uh, in issue 12, uh, Sinestro is subdued from the Hellfire. Superman tells Hal to get Sinestro out of there. And Superman continues to fight Etrigan. Uh, but we see uh, Spectre and Phantom now on a moon of Saturn. And they're continuing the fight. This is where Spectre grabs his sword. And stabs the Phantom Stranger. Phantom Stranger basically combusts. And that is the end of him. Uh, but it's really, really cool. 
you know, this fight between Superman and Etrigan, uh, he says, uh, you know, Superman says, what's the deal? What have you, uh, what have you agreed to? What kind of deal are you talking about? Uh, and he says, oh, nothing complex or grandiose. I was only asked to keep you close. Gone, gone, O oh, Etrigan, rise instead the form of Batman. And Clark is just like, oh God, like, wh- what have you done? Like, you thought I have fallen? You just made a pact with hell. You like, you, you signed a deal with the devil. You have fallen much more than I have. And I'm like, you son of a bitch, Superman. Don't you ever say that. Superman has freaking killed so many people. Batman has yet to kill anyone. No, 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 no. Batman has not fallen even a freaking inch, like, compared to Superman. It is ridiculous that he would ever, you know, utter those words. And, you know, Batman gives him this, like... It's, it's weird because, like, he has, like, this dust or, like, it's, like, purple and it's glowing and it's, like, going into Superman's system. And he knocks out and he falls asleep. Now, issue 14 or 13 and 14 uh, is kind of very heartbreaking because it is a dream sequence that Superman is having. And it is the very first moments of what we were dealing with at the beginning of Injustice. You know, Superman is spinning Doomsday all the way out into space, uh, but he is able to see that it's Lois at the last moment. He grabs her, flies her all the way uh, back to Earth, and they're all just waiting. They're like, please, please, and she ends up waking up. And she's okay. Uh, we, at this moment, see outside of Superman's dream, we see that all these, uh, people that are on Superman's side are waiting by him, and Spectre's like, oh, I cannot wake him, but he is asleep, and I think he is seeing what he wants to see, and, you know, before Superman is able to, like, punch Joker through the chest or whatever, even though he really wants to, Batman's like, hold on, hold on. You deal with Lois. Make sure she's okay. We'll have the rest of the Justice League look for this warhead. I will take him. I I will take Joker in. He's like, trust me. And so, Batman and Joker, they're they're driving to GCPD, and you know, Joker is just mouthing off and mouthing off and mouthing off, and basically says, oh, I can't wait until the next time I do this. You know, pretty much saying, I will do this again. Like, I will break one of your hero friends. And Batman snaps his neck and kills him. And when Batman arrives at GCPD, uh, he tells Gordon, uh, Montoya, and, and Bullock that he needs to report a crime. And that crime is, of course, the death of the Joker. Uh, in Chapter 14 is the end of that dream which is the uh you know we now see that uh superman's child has been born you know it's really cute you know you get to see her you know growing up 
but we also see that Superman goes into the uh, which prison is this? Uh, it is the Metropolis prison. He's there to see Bruce, and you know he's like, "You did that for me. Like I thank you." And Bruce is like, "It, it was the only way." And he's like, "Why?" And without even saying anything, Clark is like, "He was gonna do it again, wasn't he? Like he was not gonna stop." He's like, "Yes. I, like I, that's all I could do." And Superman breaks through the glass, through the wall that is separating uh, Batman and himself, you know, just because that's the way they communicate in the prisons or whatever. And the security guards are, like, freaking out. They have their guns pulled. And he's like, thank you. Like, I can't believe you would do that for me. And he's like, "With with, uh, with good behavior, you can be out within, you know, a year or two. And Bruce is like, I, uh, I'm i not acting very good in here. I'm beating up a lot of people. And he's like, just say the word and we can fly out of here. And Bruce tells him, he's like, no, I, I did something horrible. I committed a crime. Let me, you know, serve that time. And so we see, like I said, we see uh, his her name is, let me see, uh, Laura Lane Kent. And we see her being, you know, she's growing up, she's becoming a hero, uh, and she gets this, like, just this admiration of, like, we need to save the world. And there's a small glimpse of how Superman is today in this Injustice universe uh, when she is talking, and she's like, or we can not sound like a psychopath, and we can, you know... uh, we can legitimately do this. And so the next thing you know, she is uh, with the United Nations. She's giving this amazing speech. And, you know, she's applauded. Everybody's good for it. And, you know, we see Bruce. Uh, he is no longer a hero. Uh, but we do see that he is married to Wonder Woman here. So that's very interesting that they actually added that. And, you know, we see uh, this new Supergirl or whatever. Uh, she's, you know, out in, what does it say, uh, Greenland. And she is, like, literally icing glaciers. Like, she's saving the planet. And Superman's like, I feel like there's there's not a whole lot of time left. And Lois is like, what do you mean? Is it those voices in your head? And he's like, yeah. And we see that he is fading. And so this dream, you that is the realization that this is just a dream. And so it's fading. Uh, in issue 15, we finally see that Wonder Woman wakes up from her uh, small uh, coma. And it was with the help of Ares... And she goes to uh, the Hall of Justice where she sees Hal with a yellow ring. She's very confused by that. Then she sees Superman with a yellow ring. And she's like, oh, hell no. And she's about to attack Sinestro and that's where it ends. This one is actually an extra large issue just because it has the uh, exclusive preview of Mortal Kombat. Of course, I'm not going to review that because I didn't read it. Um, 
but I'm I'm really enjoying this. I really enjoyed that dream sequence. It was really really cool uh, to see what could have been, uh, and I'm wanting to know if Tom Taylor would ever go back. You know, like I didn't see the ending of Injustice Two, so I like as I I cannot speak. I did not see the end of the Injustice Two comic. Now, of course, I've played the game. I know the ending of that. But I would like to see if he would ever be like, hey, there's a way to redirect and correct everything that has gone on in the Injustice universe and make what happens in this dream dream sequence actually happen, you know? I think that would be kind of cool. But, you know, with that, guys, that is going to be the end of the podcast of course i already plugged everything in the very beginning so you guys know where to find me thank you for choosing this podcast please press the subscribe button if you haven't already and please share the podcast uh with that guys uh it is friday so i will still see you guys tomorrow for the saturday show see you guys later